Welcome to Literary Quest, a podcast hosted by us, Vicki and Marissa, where we discuss our favorite and fantasy fiction and hopefully can direct you in your quest to find your next great read. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Literary Quest. Today we're discussing Neon Gods by Katie Robert. This was requested by a fan per email. That's a thing you can do. So if you want us to talk about something, let us know on email or Instagram or other things. Okay. This is an After Dark episode. We are 100% going to be talking about sex in this one. So mm, prepare accordingly. I'll start with our characters and then Vicki will pick up with our plot. So with our characters... This book, Neon Gods, is a retelling of the Hades Persephone story. Um, and so unlike a lot of Hades Persephone retellings, these characters don't actually possess godlike powers, but their namesake is the role that they fill with the primary leaders being referred to as the 13, possessing the names of the Olympians. There are three positions that are inherited. Those are Hades, Zeus, and Poseidon. And the rest are roles that are given to the people who fill the roles based on merit or skill, kind of like applying for a job, it sounds like. So our characters, we have Persephone. She is our female lead. She is the second eldest of four girls. She is 24, described as having golden skin and blonde hair and has always filled the role of the sunshiny daughter that always has a plan and tries to keep the peace Her older sister is Callisto. Her two younger sisters are Psyche and Eurydice. Um, Persephone is determined to get away from Olympus. We have Hades. He is our male lead. He is the ruler or leader of the lower city, and he inherited the role when his parents were killed in a fire, which was orchestrated by Zeus when Hades was three. The only people who know that Hades still exists are the 13. The rest of the world, Persephone included, think that the role was never filled after the last Hades died. Our Hades is a broody, obviously dead sexy with a tormented past and literal scars from the fire that killed his parents. Um, He was raised by a man named Andreas who served his father uh, before his father was killed. Zeus is the leader of the upper city and self-proclaimed king of Olympus. He's in his 60s. He has a history of killing his wives and anyone else that gets in his way. And people just kind of know this and allow it to happen. Uh, He's a predator and a creep and has a stupid amount of power and enjoys lording it over others to get his way. Basically, he's a bully. Demeter is Persephone's mom. She is ambitious to the point of using her daughters to obtain the power that she desires, and she's in charge of the food supply. She cares about her daughters, allegedly, but her actions don't really support that. And we have Hermes, who is the messenger of the 13 and has a talent for mimicking the voices of the people whose messages she delivers. She also has a talent for getting around security. 
she and Dionysus, Dionysus are uh, probably as close to friends as one of the 13 can be um, to Hades. But uh, let's get real. They're crappy friends. Our story takes place in Olympus. Olympus is divided into two sections. The upper city, which is ruled over by Zeus, is described as like a thriving metropolis with high-rise buildings and shiny new everything. And then we have the lower city, which is ruled over by Hades, and it's described it's kind of more of a suburban atmosphere. It contains buildings that are hundreds of years old and that tell the history of Olympus. So lots of preserved history in the lower city. And the two cities are divided by the river Styx, uh, which possesses some kind of magic that makes it very hard to cross into the lower city. Vicki, do you want to pick up our plot? Sure. So our book opens with Persephone and her sister Psyche going to an event with their mother with Demeter. It is clear that both sisters are not thrilled about this and they don't seem to get along with their mother very well. They try to stay out of the spotlight and blend in, especially to avoid Zeus, who has a reputation for killing his wives. However, their mother is determined to throw them into the path of rich men. Demeter takes Persephone to meet Zeus, and Persephone is ambushed when Zeus announces their engagement. She is furious and scared. No one asked her opinion on this, and she does not want to be the next Hera. She starts to feel suff suffocated and on the brink of a panic attack when Psyche manages to extract her from Zeus and take her outside for some air. Distraught, Persephone ends up fleeing the event altogether. She takes off running through the upper city with no clear destination in mind. She quickly realizes that she is being followed and herded by Zeus's men towards the river Styx and the Cypress Bridge, which leads into the lower city. It is said that no one can cross the bridge without invitation, and if they do, it is incredibly painful. Despite this, Persephone runs across the bridge straight into the arms of a strange man. She quickly decides that she would rather take her chances with the stranger than Zeus's goons. The men chasing her back off because they will not risk crossing the bridge, but she knows that Zeus will not give up. She finally takes some time to survey her surroundings and finds out that the man who helped her is actually Hades. She is shocked because the upper city believes that Hades is dead and he has become a myth. Hades isn't totally sure what to do with Persephone, but he knows that she must be important to Zeus, so he decides to take her back to his place. Persephone and Hades arrive at his home only to find that Hermes and Dionysus have found their way in. Although he claims to be upset, he clearly holds a soft spot for them. They also happen to be gossips and immediately tell him that Persephone is Zeus's fiance. Persephone learns quite a bit of information. Hades keeps to one side of the river, and if he or any of the 13 were to cross it, then war would begin. Decades ago, Zeus killed Hades' family in a fire when he was 17. He managed to escape, and he became a good ruler of the lower city. He provides for them, and everyone respects him. He still wants revenge on Zeus, though. Persephone realizes that if they team up, they could hurt Zeus. Maybe they wouldn't be able to kill him, but they could at least embarrass and anger him. Persephone proposes that for the next three months, she and Hades pretend to be together to taunt Zeus. After three months, she will be able to access her inheritance and leave Olympus for good. After some hesitation, he agrees, but neither one of them trusts the other. They're both too used to the politics and schemes that they were often surrounded by. In order to convince Zeus that they are together, they'll need to put on a show, and it needs to be more than Zeus just seeing Persephone in the lower city with Hades. Luckily, Hades is kind of an exhibitionist and has a sex dungeon, 
where he can invite people to watch him and have sex and where other people can be watched. He walks Persephone through exactly what will happen, but he isn't going to throw her on stage right away. It would be too much too soon. At the first event that Hades throws, he invites important people from the upper city to watch, knowing that it will get back to Zeus. During the event, Hades and Persephone make very clear that they are together. While they may not be in the center stage, they are watched very closely while Persephone sits on Hades' lap and is touched and brought to climax by him. Of course, this quickly gets back to Zeus and he is furious. He and Demeter try to spin the narrative that Persephone is actually being forced by Hades. Thankfully, Persephone quickly puts that rumor to rest by announcing she is happily with Hades and having a good time. Some time passes while they taunt Zeus with their new relationship, and Hades and Persephone spend a lot of time together. They start to open up, Hades shows Persephone some places that are important to him, and Persephone slowly drops her mask that she has been forced to keep in place ever since her mother became Demeter. They grow closer, and the thought of her leaving in several months becomes painful for both of them. Hades refuses to hold Persephone back from her dreams and decides he won't tell her how he feels. They soon put on another show for Zeus, but this time Persephone is a much more active participant and touches Hades as well. Zeus is furious and he finally decides to take some action. He uses Persephone's youngest sister as bait, just like his men did to Persephone. They herd her sister towards the river Styx and Cypress Bridge. However, her sister cannot make it all the way across and Hades won't let Persephone go and get her. Instead, he crosses the bridge, breaking the treaty that was put in place and giving Zeus cause to start war with him. While caring for her youngest sister, Persephone realizes that she cannot put the safety of all the people in the lower city at risk. She uses Hermes to send a message to her mother requesting a meeting and to make a deal. Her mother accepts and Persephone leaves the lower city. So what happens? Does Hades, go, does Hades go after her? Will Persephone be forced to marry Zeus? You'll have to read the book or listen to find out. Spoilers ahead. So uh, this was your second read, Marissa? You read this before? Yeah, this was like my one and a half read. The first mm -hmm. time I read it, I got to about 68% and I could tell, well, Actually, what worried me was that our main character was going to do something stupid, like make herself a sacrificial lamb and throw herself into Zeus's arms to protect Hades. Um, and so I stopped because I wasn't in a mental space to do that type of thing when I was reading the book the first time. And I still got hung up on it the second time because I was afraid that was going to happen, but I spoiled it for myself. <laughs> and I read ahead to see what was going to happen so that I would know if it was going to piss me off. And I was okay with what was going to happen. So, <laughs> so, uh, I don't know why I didn't do that the first time I should have, but I think I just started and it was like three o'clock in the morning. I think, I don't know. So, but this was your first read, right? It was. Yeah. And I read most of it in one go. Um, I started it late one night and ended up falling asleep while reading it. I only made it like 60 pages in or something like that. And then the next night I just read all of it. Uh, so I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I too got hung up at that part. I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to go and she's going to do something really stupid. She's going to go back to Zeus and try to marry him and this is going to happen. But it ended up not being that. And I was very yeah, relieved. I was, I was so happy. I was so happy because I was about to be like, tag comment. Because, and I, I don't know if it's because we kind of run into things like this with characters in the past. This must be something that's happened in other books because 
I was 100% certain that was what was going to happen. And I was so happy that that did not end up being the thing that happened. Yes, me too. Because I was when they were so vague about the deal that she made. And I was like, oh my God, this is just bad. Um, she's going to make a deal to marry Zeus, but like poison him or something, which actually kind of ended up being Demeter's plan originally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought she was going to end up sacrificing herself to Zeus. Yeah. But she didn't. Instead, she made this super easy deal with her mom. Yeah. Like, Only six appear. So the deal is she'll orchestrate everything if Persephone and Hades will come to six events a year. Yeah. It was really not bad. No, not at all. I was expecting way worse. Me too. I was like, this is like the easiest deal anyone has ever made in any of the books I have ever read. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Demeter let her off easy because she's such a shit mom that she <laughs> was willing to sell her daughter to a guy who has a history of murdering his wife so she could gain power. Maybe. Maybe that's it. Maybe this is her way of making up for being so garbage. I have really strong opinions about Demeter. Yeah. Like a hater. Yeah. Yeah. She's All never right. a good mom. Um, in the ranking of Hades Persephone stories that we, so we've read several, right? Mm-hmm. We've done a touch <laughs> of there. I mean, it's one of my favorite tropes. Yeah. We've done a touch of darkness. We've done uh by Scarlet St. Clair. We've done I don't actually know that we did these for this the podcast, but The Power of Hades, The Hades Trials by Eliza Rain and Rose Wilson. Uh I you don't read Laura Olympus, but I read Laura Olympus um by Rachel Smythe on Webtoon. It's a web comic. Um and know that the eighth house was that a Hades Persephone story? It was. They're mm-hmm. just there are a lot of them out there. What did you like about? Was there anything about this one that was different for you compared with the ones that we've read in the past? Well, so he's still like dark and broody, but he's not actually you know god of the underworld. <laughs> so yeah. that's obviously um, a big difference there. But I he seemed more, I don't know, because we've read so many where Hades is sensitive, but he seems so much more in tune with things. Like, I feel like we read a lot of Hades that are like, I love you, but doesn't like totally get how to. Yeah. The emotional maturity, maybe. Yeah. Like that Um, was the problem in A Touch of Darkness. Like that, that Hades was like, I love you, but they had like no communication with each other. And that's where all their problems came from. Right. This Hades gave off very like daddy vibes. So many daddy vibes. Please take care of me, Hades. <laughs> yeah, he was great. He like cleaned her off and stuff. It was and her feet were injured. He bandaged them. Mm-hmm. And then he got onto her for not feeding herself appropriately or dressing warmly enough or walking mm-hmm. when her feet were bloody. This Hades is like thoughtful and knew how to carry it out. Yes. I enjoyed this version of Hades. I really enjoyed this version of Hades too. This would be, so uh, 
of all of the Hades Persephone retellings, I still think that the Lore Olympus webtoon is my favorite, but I really love, I really love this version of this Hades. Cause he's got like the dominant daddy vibes, but he's also very caring. He's got like a lot of emotional maturity. This is a, this is a good Hades. It is. I also liked, so th this is different from a lot of the, cause the other Hades Persephone retellings, like they're actual gods and goddesses mm -hmm. and have magic and powers and things like that. And there's not to that in this book. Yeah, I, so I want kind of more of an expansion on this universe because yeah. we only see Olympus, right? So what's outside of Olympus and like, so are these positions based on previous gods that like were actually gods and this is now something that like was handed down sort of like and watered down until now it's only humans mm -hmm. um or was this just a, a hierarchy that developed and how did it develop how did this hierarchy develop where if like one zeus died somebody else would just become zeus like you know yeah well like or his son would just become zeus yeah. and he'd be called zeus yeah like, but, but i just want to know how this developed yeah yeah right because like the next so zeus dies in this story and perseus becomes the next zeus so does his name change does it change to zeus or is he still perseus and then so the other so zeus poseidon and hades are inherited roles but the other ones are not they're like a job application how do you yeah. or do they vote well they talked about how like demeter be like sought ambition for a long period of time and that's how she got her role and with hermes they talk about how her ability to mimic other people's voices is what contributed to her being selected for her so who selects this is an application process was this like miss america where you have to submit a video and there's a talent portion how does this work <laughs> Yeah. So I would definitely like more information on that. Also, there's like a little magic because the river Styx has some type of force field that makes it hard to cross. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. I need more. Also, where, where in the world is Olympus? Because we have a map, which, okay, is nice. But it's a single map of Olympus. Is it like in Maine? Is it like an offshoot <laughs> of the United States? <laughs> Persephone talks about going to California. So California exists in this world. But what, in relation to California, where are we? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I just a little clarity on all of that would have been really I mean, nice yes. so that I could put things together in my brain. Uh-huh. Um, also is the rest of the world now run like this, like in Egypt, maybe are they all, is this sort of a similar thing that happened? Ooh, how cool would that be? Like someone takes over the role of Anubis and Satanthos and weird yeah. Roman gods. Wouldn't yeah. that be fun? Mm -hmm. We just created a story for Kate <laughs> Robert to continue. <laughs> You're welcome. And I'm, I like, so most of the time when we read stories like this, oh, there's that one 
that one Hades Persephone story we read by Amelia Wilde, which was way, way, way too dark for both of us. Yeah. They, the gods don't, I don't think, or the characters, I don't think they have magic. Right. They're just not nice. (laughs) (laughs) They're just horrifically violent. Uh, that That was not a good reading experience. Um, for us, if you're into duper, super, super duper, super duper dark things, that's the retelling for you. Um, uh, train of thought has just left me. All right. I was talking about how, um, we, we don't often see these retellings where the, the people don't actually have powers, um, and I, I'm not mad about the way it was done in this one. I think it's interesting the way that they just kind of, so they're given the titles and they carry on the roles for whatever their title would be. So Hermes is a female. She's a messenger though. Like she still fills the role. Um, Dionysus does something with alcohol. I don't know. Um, Demeter does the food supply so they still carry on the roles but there's not any magic involved in that way what i really liked about this hades persephone retelling that was different was that we don't have the the tie-in with Minth being the jealous ex yeah i was really she was just like that. yeah she was just kind of like there as a employee yeah security kinda, yeah yeah, yeah. I feel like grumbly, but she's not like this side side piece type of thing. Yeah, which was really refreshing because so I'm reading a book now where there's like one of the main characters is like jealous a lot mm-hmm. and that gets really tiring. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like that when there isn't a ton of jealousy between the characters, you know, some of it's nice because some of it's like, uh, but the insecurity that comes along, I feel like a lot of times the insecurity between Persephone and Minth that comes along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tiring. Is, and yeah. especially, I mean, at this point, we've read a lot of Hades Persephone stories. And so mm-hmm. for them to be mixed up in a way like this, that's kind of unexpected, but nice is nice. Yeah, it's nice for it to be a little bit different. So I appreciated that from this story. Um, I like she also, the author throws in like um, some nods to the actual mythology that went on. Like at one point he gets for whatever, three dogs, right? Yeah. And he, they're named um, Cerebus and what were the other names? Like Charybdis, Charybdis and Scylla, the yeah. monsters from the Odyssey. I loved that. I like yeah. how she pulls in a little bit of the Orpheus and Eurydice story too. I thought that was a clever way to work that into the plot without, I mean, without having to kill, to kill Eurydice. <laughs> it's close. Almost gets stabbed. Doesn't. Um, but she still ends up in the, the lower city, which would be like the underworld in this representation. Yeah. The, the, the original bits of the myth are woven in, in several different ways within the story, which is nice too. Oh, and like, there's a nice little nod to the, the myth with the pomegranate. So Persephone's word, safe word is pomegranate. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yep. I was very put off by the Zeus in this story. Naturally. I, I feel like the author, I mean, always put off by Zeus cause he's a giant butthead in every retelling, but 
this one was very off-putting to me. I think the author did a great job of crafting someone who was truly disgusting because her description of her instantly put me on edge with this guy. So he's like in his 60s, like very entitled. He casually murders his wives and gets away with it. Um, And he's sort of like, he gives off this impression of like leering at Persephone and wanting to be close, like ending up near her in situations. And it was just very, it creeped me out. Yeah. And when very put off by him, her sister came and got her from Zeus. I was so relieved. Like, I mean, she used such like, uh, you know, like, oh, we have to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. sort of thing. But because Zeus was like crushing her hand and stuff. And I was just like, ugh. I was so happy when she got away from him. The audacity of Persephone's mother just like making a girl arrangement. First, yeah. Even at, like we find out later that she had a plan. Uh, could you have said something? Yeah. Yes. I hate Demeter so much, so much. I'm going to rant about it. Not right now, but it's coming. Um, yeah. He's just ugh, gross. Yeah, and, and then the way that he um, uses his people to herd Persephone to the river to instill fear in her. He got that organized very quickly. He he did. Well, he's the the god, yes. king of Olympus. He's very he's a very powerful man, Vicky. Um, <laughs> the most powerful. The way that he used his people to generate that sense of fear for Persephone man it pissed me off and it it was just so I was so bothered by the Zeus I don't think I hated him any more than any of the other Zeus's I read because I always see Zeus as a predator because anytime I read about Zeus I think about you know all the raping he did yeah so it's just like ingrained in me with Zeus um so I don't think I hated him any more than any other Zeus. Although it did really put me off that he was like 60. And yeah. so chasing a 24 year old, not even chasing her. He was just gifted to him. Forcing her. Yes, that's right. Yeah. My mother just gave her away. Yeah. Um, And so with, with the gifting of Persephone to Hades, not Hades to Zeus, she faces the opportunity to become Hera. Um, and she would be the third, th- the third or the fourth. He killed his other three wives. It, it, it kills me in this story how everyone is just like casually aware that Zeus has killed three of his wives. And they're cool with it. Like, we're not going to say anything. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. She's part of, and that's part of that is what's bothersome. They made this contract for the 13 to keep one God for, or one, one God, one of the leaders from taking out or disrupting all of the others. And that's what that sort of treaty is what keeps Zeus and Hades from going into all out war with each other. But it doesn't protect Hera at all as evident by the fact that she keeps dying and everyone's yeah. super cool with it. Ugh. 
And I hate that. One, because violence against women is so not okay. But two, I hate I hate what they've done to the role of Hera. Yeah, you know, Hera's supposed to be this really powerful woman or goddess, mm-hmm. you know, and now she's just like Zeus's dead wife. <laughs> I mean, she's just an accessory. She's like right. a purse. Yeah. Oh, well, I lost my last purse, or this one's out of season, so I'm just going to get another one. That's not, uh, Hera in mythology is ferocious. Mm-hmm. She is super powerful and often criticized. I mean, they're all criticized because they're all deities and they all do messed up stuff. But in mythology, she is so fierce. And I hate that her role in this story is just, oh, she's just Zeus's wife that gets killed whenever he gets mad at her. My so- favorite era is the Laura Olympus era. I keep wanting to go back to Laura Olympus because the hard copies came out this week. If you're a Laura Olympus fan, um, you should buy the hard copy because it's beautiful. It is gorgeous. The colors. Oh my gosh. Persephone's sisters. Callisto, mm-hmm. Psyche, and Eurydice. I loved Callisto. I'm here for her violent energy. I love how her automatic reaction is let's kill Zeus. Um, I am down with that. I would like to see a story about Callisto. Hopefully where she murders some people. Me too. She was definitely, we didn't get a ton of her, but what we did get, I was like, yes, I want a book about you, please. Now, um, we got set up for Electric Idol though, uh, which was um, Psyche, right? Yeah, and Eros. Yeah, Psyche and Eros. So you were talking about how sweet Hades was. You mentioned that earlier, how caring he was and how that makes him a little different from the um, the other Hades that we've run into in our books. This Hades is super into consent. Love it so, so much. much. So, so much. So much. He checks in every step of the way with her. Yes. With it. Like, if, like, he's like, is this okay? If you're comfortable, tell, if you're uncomfortable, tell me. We don't have to do this. Are you still okay? Mm-hmm. This is what's going to happen next. Are you okay with that? Mm-hmm. Like, loved it. Although I think she seemed kind of like, yes, it's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and what I like about that is he acknowledges that her lack of caring for herself makes her difficult to trust in situations like this because the scenes that he with kink and things like that it's all about trust and communication with your partner and he repeatedly makes comments about how Persephone doesn't do a good job of taking care of her body and if she can't be trusted to take care of herself then he can't trust her in their scenes to be completely honest right so you can be consenting with your mouth and your body be not consenting. Mm-hmm. And so what I love about this Hades is that he is perceptive enough to recognize there's one scene in particular where they talk about having um, sex 
in front of an audience, like center stage and Persephone with her mouth is saying, yes, I'm okay. Yes, I'm okay. Um, maybe we can play it by ear. So she starts to doubt. And then he looks at her and she is like sheer terror, absolute fear. And he's like, you know what? I don't want to do this tonight. Yeah. And he picks up on her key. Like he's attentive. It's, it's fantastic. It's lovely. He looks out for physical cues and not just verbal cues. And that is so good. And he, um, he, he says this really great thing to her. So he says, uh, when they're making their arrangement, um, to, uh, what her pretend to be dating him or whatever for the three months so that he can sully her in Zeus's eyes. They make, she, he makes a comment um, uh, and he says, consent because you have no other options isn't consent. Yes, daddy, you're so yeah. right. You are so right. Having those conversations about like, are you truly consenting because you want this or because you feel like you have been backed into a corner? Like, I love all the nuances. Yeah, it's great. It's so good. It's so good. And we get the ongoing consent in their scenes and it's just, it's so, I don't, I can't remember an instance in a book where the conversations about consent have been as in-depth as they are in this one. I know I've read books where they have conversations about consent, but I feel like it's really well discussed and focused on in this one. There was a, um, was it one of Lexi Foss's books? the blood alliance not blood alliance no are you talking about chase lee bitten or no 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 the vampire ones well they're both vampire ones okay the one that has the final one coming out later this year is that there are like six is it yeah i think think the first one so in one of those, so it's a, there are a bunch and then there are a bunch of like branch off. One, one of them has a character who's like super into consent. I remember that. Yeah. I think that's the only other, I mean, we've read yeah. other books, but that's I mean, one of those times kind of, that it. Yeah. Um, we've just haven't, I mean, we've read lots of books where they talk about consent. I've, even in like A Court of Thorns and Roses, I think we have a little, or not the first one, second one, maybe there's mm-hmm. a conversation about I feel like there's a conversation about consent. I can't remember now. I'll just have to read the book again. I mean, we've read lots of books. I know, what a tragedy. We've read (laughs) lots of books where the consent is at least addressed a little bit. Mm -hmm. But it's, and I can't remember the book that you're talking about, but it's nice when we have books like the one that you mentioned in this one, where it's very fully discussed. Also, we see a conversation about that when they decide to stop using condoms for protection. And what I like about that conversation is that we see the discussion from both perspectives. I feel like a lot of times when you have that conversation about stopping to use, stop using condoms, it's always like the guy is super excited because he gets to penetrate without having something on his penis. And the girl is like, agreeing and it's i'm in in this one we have 
Persephone bringing it up. So she says, I'd like to stop using condoms. And he's like, are you sure it's your body? Like you get to do what you want. And she's like, well, it's also your body. And if you're not comfortable with this, you can like, we can keep using them too. And I feel like we don't often get that perspective as well, where the, the woman is giving the male the option to like, if you're not comfortable with this, let's keep using them. You can change your mind as well. And that's, and he, that's a really nice moment for Hades too, because he makes a comment about how he's never had anyone have this level of caring for him before. No one's yeah. ever stopped to ask him what he felt in that situation. Yeah. Uh, well, that comes up a decent amount about like, oh, she's checking if I'm okay. She's asking if I'm okay. And then he's got his whole like insecurity thing about his scars mm-hmm. on his body. And he's like, no, don't like touch me and she's like it's fine you're they're just it's okay <laughs> yeah I love your your scars are part of you and I yeah. love that part of you but at the same time she's like careful to only touch certain part of her, his certain parts of his body while he does have his shirt off and then if he's okay like in, at one point he's like I'm not sure if I want her to touch me or not and so I just love how respectful both of these parties are for the insecurities or issues that the other party may have. They're a really lovely couple. I like, so I'm talking a little bit about the sex. So he's like, uh, I guess supposed to be kind of like a dom, right? Yes. Um, and it <laughs> kept making me laugh because he's like, she's trying to top from the bottom again. <laughs> we have to work on this. <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i i could see that easily <laughs> yes. being an issue yeah well she's used to always getting what she wants so yeah <laughs> and being a daughter of Demeter does come with having some level of power so i could see her um not necessarily being as submissive and because of that maybe Especially because she's at this point fighting against that sort of control and restriction that her mom is exerting over her. I feel very defensive of this Hades. Mm-hmm. He's my baby. Like mm-hmm. everyone is so determined to make him the bad guy. When part of that is him leaning into his reputation for being the boogeyman of the lower city. Um, but Persephone's the one that ran away. It's yeah. not like he beckoned it to her to come across the river. Persephone chose to leave. She ran away, which should tell you something about Zeus. These people are so dumb. Like, you don't just run away for no reason. I got so mad. It's not Hades' fault. Stop being mean to my boy. I know. He's just nice. He just wants to do good he things. Just, he just wants to help her. Gosh. <laughs> He knows what a jerk Zeus is. He just wants her to be able to live her life. At one point he says, everyone is so quick to forget that Persephone ran from them because she didn't want the marriage uh, that Zeus and Demeter plotted. Mm -hmm. She chose to run. Hades didn't, and he's not forcing her to stay there. She is choosing I love when they're on that Zoom call. First off, I love that they have a Zoom call, right? (laughs) (laughs) They've got the Zoom call going on. And 
Demeter's like, oh no, where is she? Like, she's unhappy or you're forcing her. And like, um, Persephone just comes out and is like wearing, you know, a sheet and her hair is all like frazzled. She's like, I'm very happy here and shuts the laptop. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Low clap for my girl. Mm -hmm. So sassy. Yes. Yes. And I love how, so they're in that Zoom call, they're accusing Hades of doing the bad things. And then he calls Demeter out and it's like, you are prepared to see your baby uh, married to a man with a reputation for killing his wives. And everyone's like, oh, but they all know, they all know he killed his wives. And that's like, please call Demeter out. Please call her out. Yeah. This woman is trash. I hate her. She's a crap mom. She is. Uh, oh my gosh. Demeter so just always mind. is. You know what's that? Always, but you know what? Sometimes she has a reason. That's okay. Okay. In a touch of darkness, Demeter had problems. Yes. But it was because she had been raped and gaslit and forced, like manipulated for years and years and years and years, like years. This Demeter is just an ambitious lady. <laughs> I'm trying not to. Mm. This, this Demeter is just an ambitious woman who is willing to sell her children so she can get further. I hate that she doesn't take into account like that Persephone doesn't want to be Hera. Yeah. Like, I hate that. It's so, so much. I, I know that now when, when Persephone's like, I didn't want to be Hera. Demeter's like, well, I know that now. Why didn't you ask first? Right. And <sighs> then, so when Demeter is going about revealing this awesome grand plan that she had, to incapacitate Zeus, she's like, you stubborn child, you just had to lure him into like a, a false sense of security. And then we could have planned things out. Like she was going to poison him. Okay, ma'am, how long does it take to lure someone into like being secure and safe around you? Your daughter could have been raped or assaulted or murdered in the time it took for that happen. You were willing to let her be put in that position. Mm -hmm. and then when persephone is telling her how she feels about it and how she didn't appreciate it demeter's like well i'm sorry you felt that way not <laughs> i'm sorry i put you in this position not i'm sorry i used you as a bargaining chip to try to further my own power i'm sorry you felt that way i'm sorry that the actions that i chose to take on your behalf were upsetting to you yeah, those apologies that aren't an apology. That's not an apology. You're not yeah. sorry. You're not yeah. sorry about anything. Yep. Her daughter almost gets stabbed. Eurydice almost gets stabbed. And at that, she's almost like defending Zeus. Like, you don't know that was like, who else would it be? Mm -hmm. How would you feel if Eurydice had been stabbed or died? Because that's what Zeus was willing to do to get Persephone back. I'm surprised it took Zeus so long to like use her sisters against her. I'm surprised that it never occurred to Persephone that her sisters would be used against her. That's true. That too. <laughs> she just, yeah. That would be the first thought. Mm -hmm. 
That was my first thought. She ran away and I was like, uh, her sisters are in trouble. Especially but, when all of her sisters recognize that they're being tailed. Mm-hmm. How do you not think that this is going to be some collateral damage for you? But yeah, I agree. It took, I mean, almost 70% of the book for um, Zeus to you, even make a move. Yeah, it was surprising. Because really? by that point, uh, Hades and Persephone had had public sex a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was surprising. I did. I so this Persephone, we've had some Persephones in the past that were hmm, didn't make great choices, didn't make great choices, were kind of bratty, super naive, mm-hmm. pretty annoying. I didn't feel that way about this one. I thought I was going to at first. Yeah. Like when she first got into the lower city, I was like, uh, how is this going to go? I was like, because mm, she's kind of a little bratty, mm-hmm. right? But not over the top. And she was not like wandering off and making stupid decisions, like trying to swim across the river sticks. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and she was trust like I they communicated a lot through yes through it. So she was trusting of what Hades was doing until the very end. She wasn't like going behind his back to do anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Until that, it was made good communication. But yeah, at first, I like when she crossed over and ended up with Hades. I was like, uh oh, this is gonna be something. But she ended up. It turned out okay. Okay, it did turn out okay. Ended yeah. up really liking her. Yeah, I did too. I like how caring she is for Hades as well. I also like how defensive of Katie's Hades she gets when it comes to his crappy friends. Um, he does a lot to take care of her, but we also see Persephone start to care for and do things to take care of Hades too, which I love because I want my boy to be taken care of as well he deserves love they both do um i love how defensive of him she gets when it comes to like dionysus and hermes though because i mean they're as close to friends as he can get but they're crap friends yeah they suck and she's like if you mess things up for him i'm gonna come for you and i love that Mm -hmm. please bring me that energy um so I appreciated that from her character as well. We get some reciprocity in their care for each other. Yeah, they got each other's backs. They do. I love that. There's that really sweet scene between them where Hades was like, well, if this wasn't happening, I'd do this. And she's like, yeah. And if this weren't like, you know, basically if she didn't have to leave, they be together sort of thing it was really sweet oh my gosh like oh my heart and of course Hades being such a sweetheart being like I can't tell her how I feel because I don't want her to feel like she's trapped here she has her own dreams her own like hopes and stuff and she wants I can't trap her in Olympus name (sighs) it was so sweet Mm -hmm. but then later when he like 
has sex with her against a wall. No, it's on a dresser, I think. He's yeah, like, it's on a dresser. Remember this. When you yes. have in the future, when there's some other guy and he's having sex with you, remember this moment, moment and remember how I feel. And it's like, oh, daddy, Lord, mm-hmm. help me. Whew. Yeah. That was really hot. <laughs> it was. He apologizes for it, though. He was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have. I'm sorry. In my feelings. <laughs> Oh, I don't know what to do with the feelings. Oh, yeah. There's one point where, oh, and it's so funny. We always have these moments with the Hades where they're like, I don't care. I don't feel things. I don't have friends. <laughs> That's like classic. I don't, I don't know what it is about the males in the books that we read, but they're always like that. And Persephone says, yes, yes. You're a lone mountain of solitude. Like yes, that's right. <laughs> Classic. That's great. Yes. Oh, it's sunny. <laughs> they always they're always that way. I don't have friends. I don't have feelings. Yes, yeah. you do, baby. And we're gonna uncover them all. Just you wait. Uh, we have a little bit of representation in this book of different things. And I really like that. Yes, we did. So both of them. Um, so she had a girlfriend. Uh-huh. Right? She mentioned having a girlfriend and he mentioned that he'd been with men. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we have two characters, two main characters who are at least bisexual or some other something sexuality mm-hmm. which is fantastic love that also we have some kink in this story too which I really appreciate as well we have some of that so we have a little bit of exhibitionism mm-hmm. which is unique and then we also see um I, I believe it's kinbaku which is the binding of people with different materials rope or silks or whatever um, oh I didn't know that's what that was you you put that in the note and I was like I don't know what that is but I'll go with yeah, it <laughs> so in, in one of the first scenes in their club there, there's a woman who's being bound I think it's with rope but I can't completely remember that's I think it's called kimbaku um that there's a I looked it up so there's shibari and there's kimbaku and I think kimbaku is the one that frequently um incorporates some type of emotional or sexual connection or encounter or something like that and I think shibari is just um using ropes to or other materials to bind someone for like artistic display or value I think Uh, but we have that and that's really not something that you see I can think of two books I've read where that's brought up so that's not something that's um featured very frequently I don't think in romance novels but it's nice to see it all right let's talk about sex yes so part of the deal that Hades makes with Persephone in this story is that he likes to have sex in front of other people (gasps) I know what a shock yes taboo mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exhibitionism i did have to look up the difference between exhibition exhibitionism and voyeurism mm-hmm. because i don't didn't understand the difference between them so um so exhibitionism is like 
from what I understand, enjoying exposing other people to you having sex in front of them. Whereas voyeurism isn't like the act of enjoying watching that frequently, like secretly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there we go. Anyway, we have Hades and Persephone and he's like, Hey, I like to do it in front of other people, which brings me to ask, is this something you think you could do? Cause that's part of his deal. He's like, we're going to have to do this. And she's like, all right, let's do it. Could you make a deal like this? Oh, I don't think I could. Could you? Probably not. I, I live it. <laughs> as Tito likes to say, I live in the town from Footloose. Like <laughs> <laughs> I would have to leave the state probably if I didn't live anywhere near, because this would ruin my life and career if I continue to live here in anyone. <laughs> so if I lived on the complete opposite side of the country it maybe had an a like a different identity i still don't know if i could this is not really something that i'm super into i have a lot of anxiety like even as a younger person the idea of like making out in a car like in a parking lot or whatever was too much for me so yeah, I definitely, I, I don't think I could do it. I'd be like, everyone's staring at me. I don't like this. They're like, it, I, mm. yeah, no. I think it's uh, something that extroverts, right? Maybe it, it is like an, an extroverted extrovert thing. I don't know. I'd be curious to see. Someone needs to do a poll. Do extroverts have more of a tendency to enjoy things like exhibitionism than introverts? I wonder if there are personality things like that that lend one person to a certain type of kink versus another. Yeah. I don't know. What would interest I would like that. To? Maybe they'd be into the voyeurism. Oh, yeah. The watching. Maybe so. Maybe so. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Now the Ken Baku and the Shibari, I have read a couple of books that feature that and I've looked up pictures and it's like gorgeous and so interesting. The intricacy of the knot work and the, like, it's just, it's very cool looking. I would consider that. See, it looks a little painful to me. Well, I think that depends on the intention of what you're so they use different types of materials right they use different types of ropes some of them are rougher some of them are uh what like softer in texture but they can use like silks and so if the intention is to cause your participant a little bit of discomfort which some people get off on then they can mm -hmm. use like a rougher rope now the ones where so i've seen ones where like the, the female's breasts are like super smashed with ropes that does yeah. not feeling at all like my boobs don't want that but yeah the ones where it's like really focused on like back work sounds weird but like so i'm looking online like the ropes look really cool in the back and stuff and this one looks cool it's kind of all crisscrossy mm -hmm. but yeah the smushed boobies one i'm not <laughs> doesn't look comfortable <laughs> like this is really good oh um she's it's like really intricately tied around her wrists yeah. and neck and everything that looks really cool what I'm looking at now so I just looked it up with men I would totally do this if I knew how to tie knots yes 
to learn how to tie knots. Tina's going to be so excited. <laughs> there are many sex scenes in this story. Yes. I appreciate all of the spice. Mm-hmm. I also love that Hades, you know, he's, he's super broody and stuff, but he ends up being really sweet in a lot of these scenes too, which I appreciate as well. Like a sweet Dom. I don't know. That, that seems like paradoxical, but got a sweet Dom here. Um, and then um, the, the, the scenes are super hot, but there's this one where he like, I forget. He is very into some kind of lingus in this one scene. I'm like, yes, in this house, we support a man who goes after it like this. Like it is really great and also just the like the way that he talks to to Persephone is super hot there's one uh one scene where it's one of their first scenes I think where he's making a comment about sharing her and she says is sharing one of your kinks and he says no little Persephone sharing isn't my kink I'll be the only one touching you your pussy is mine until it's not and I'm not wasting a single moment by gifting it to anyone else hello sir yeah oh my gosh it's hot in here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so when this um was brought up in the book at first I was so I I'm cool with reverse harems I read plenty of reverse harems but I was like I don't want to see another person in there in their group yeah you know and I think that's interesting sometimes because like sometimes I'm like yeah you know like throw a like third or fourth or fifth person in there do it <laughs> throw Seven. all of them in there <laughs> get them all in there but sometimes I read them and I'm like no they're this couple I don't want to like yeah I just want them sort of thing yeah yeah so I was happy when he said that. I was like, yeah. Me too. Me too. I felt like it was with the two of them, it was good. I felt like with the conversations that were had about sex in this book, there were some real world parallels uh, with how sex is perceived in our world and how it affects the way that another person is perceived. Um, mm-hmm. So Persephone says to Hades, Hades, regardless of the ridiculous importance the upper city puts on virginity, there are plenty of activities that can be termed carnal that don't involve penis and vagina sex. Um, And exhibitionism is used in this story to decrease Persephone's value to Zeus. That's the whole deal that they make. Like they use sex in this story to sully Persephone right like air quotes Sully uh that's not how Hades sees it but that's definitely how people in this upper city see it um and Zeus talks about her being broken in when she returns to the upper city and then Persephone also makes a comment about how the purity culture is glorified in the upper city, but then people come and express their secret kinks in the lower city. Um, 
when they would be shunned from their like their their social circle circles in the upper city if other people knew about them which seems like familiar right mm-hmm. so there's this major stigma in our culture about sex and I don't know if it's like this where you are it's like this where I am because again I live in the ha- in the city from Footloose like <laughs> yeah um purity culture at least where I live in the south is super glorified and very problematic um and so much of the way that we talk about sex is used to make people feel shame or to uh, describe it as being dirty or that there's something wrong with the person who enjoys sex or that kinks are again dirty um and this gets brought up a lot in this book book and there are so many parallels and I just thought that was interesting because again there are so many parallels to what I see just in our world yeah well it's kind of set in our world if California exists right (laughs) and this it must be in our world (laughs) yeah you're right if California exists (laughs) this is some version of our world at least (laughs) But I was just, I just thought that was interesting. You know, if you think about like, for example, the way that we talk about, or that sex workers are talked about, first of all, a lot of times sex workers aren't even considered as doing actual work, which it is sex work is work. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're frequently denigrated for having a job like that. Yeah. By the uh, same people who enjoy their work. Yes. By the same people who pay for that, who participate in those activities they're considered dirty. And if you think about the way that STDs and STIs are talked about, a lot of times people are disgusted by those or they think they're dirty when it's really just a disease or infection that's given from one person to another person in the same way that like the cold or the flu or COVID is given from one person to another person. It just affects your genitals. And we've been conditioned to think that genitals are dirty and perverse and wrong. And so if you get a disease that affects those areas, there's something dirty or wrong with you. And there's not. They're super common. But they're stigmatized because they affect genitals. You don't shame people for having the flu. Sometimes I shame people for having the flu. (laughs) Vicky, you're so hateful. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you don't shame people for getting strep throat. You don't shame them for getting a cold. Why would you shame them for getting, I don't know, gonorrhea? Especially because so much of that is like, you know, they say like herpes or such. So many people have it. It's so common. It's so common. It's so common. It's not like, you know, and it's people portray it as this like horrible horrific thing like oh my god she's so dirty or he's so gross but like really it's just I mean you just have to be a little extra careful like and they've tons of medicine now too right yes yeah it changes nothing about your value nothing about your value changes but there are people who would make it out that way Mm -hmm. because of the way that we've been conditioned and religious influences and things like that. I, I was, I just got so irritated with the way that, um, 
Persephone's value. They had to make it out like Persephone was worthless after being with with Hades um, because she had she had sex with another person, which she had been doing. She wasn't a virgin. Right. And I have different feelings about virginity too. She wasn't a virgin when she had met um, Hades, but suddenly now that people know she's having sex, she's somehow less valuable, which is so frustrating to me. Virginity, those- <laughs> virginity is a social construct. Nothing about your value changes when you have sex, when you penetrate somebody, nothing about your value changes. You're the same. Yeah. I, I don't understand. And it's like, also the fact, so I love that they did it so publicly so that there could be no question about it. Like, yes, this is happening, you know? And I guess I kind of get the like, oh, kind of, I, I don't know if I want to say like scandalous, but like, oh, it's happening like right in front of me sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But like that, I think deep, like in this world, right? Like Zeus is devaluing her more because he can see it happen. Yeah. You know, versus if it was just done like, in a bed in the dark right mm-hmm. you just pretend it didn't happen but it's yeah. all still happening like what does it matter it doesn't matter no it doesn't <sighs> and zeus who Ugh, managed zeus. to kill his three wives and somehow his value didn't decrease um is mm-hmm. having lots of sex with random people an affair with aphrodite from what we're led to soup and that doesn't change his value mm-hmm doesn't apply to men of course no um there's a scene in it's uh but it's when persephone and hades decide not to have like center stage sex um but she she chooses to give him oral in his throne and it's kind of in a shadowed area but it's in front of an audience and Mm -hmm. she has all of the power in that situation he's not forcing her at all she is entirely empowered Um, but he, Hades can see people's faces in the audience. And he says the thought that they think I'm tarnishing Zeus's fiance purely for revenge. It's like broken glass in my chest. And the fact that they believe that something as earthy and natural as sex can tarnish a person only drives those shards deeper. Sex is lovely and magic and not shameful or horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, but all of this hit like so with such real world implications when I was reading it. So at the end of this book, Zeus dies. Oh no. I was so happy. I was real worried. So Hades like sneaks in and has a gun and is ready to shoot him and has this moment where he's thinking, well, if I shoot him, I'm just as bad as him. I'm the bad guy. And I was thinking, Hades, this is not the time. Mm-hmm. I was going to shoot him, shoot him. <laughs> yeah, shoot him because he's definitely going to try to kill you now. What's the plan? Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? This is not the time for this internal conflict that you're having. <laughs> you needed to have this conflict a while ago. Mm-hmm. you came with the plan you need to follow because like what do you think is going to happen otherwise there's no alternative someone is going to die so i got real worried for a second like there's a struggle hades is like if i kill you i'm just as bad as you and i'm thinking is that a, i mean you're not though because you haven't killed three of your wives and he killed your parents and he's a really bad guy 
Like I get that you're having this internal crisis about having it, like killing someone. You probably should feel something mm-hmm. about killing another human being. But it's Zeus. But it's Zeus and he's a bad guy. Oh. And he's definitely going to kill you if you don't kill him. So pop, pop. Yeah. But no, he just like falls out of a window. Which though I think is a... I don't think it's bad. No. You know, either. Like, I'm glad he's dead, but it, you know, it it kills him while also relieving Hades kind of having that guilt. Yeah. With it. I mean, you know, because he, he didn't did push try. It. Yeah. Right. You know, so I think that's good. And then I love <laughs> Demeter just comes in and I just imagine her coming in, like putting gloves on. Yeah. You know, <laughs> putting gloves on with the acid to. <laughs> <laughs> dissolve the body and i love how she threatens hades and she's like pigs are very good resources they're nature's mm-hmm. garbage disposal <laughs> demeter has definitely killed some people oh yeah y'all for she sure 100 taking some people out except the teeth because everyone knows that pigs can't eat teeth for some reason but everything else is okay so yeah that was pretty grand Mm-hmm. I also love at the end when they have the press conference about Zeus and Hades and Persephone go together and the press start to ask Hades a bunch of questions and he's unprepared because he's never had to deal with that before and Persephone instantly steps in and it's like I got this I'm gonna handle this for you babe love that I love that yeah it was sweet mm-hmm. they're there together they are and she's able to support him like he's done a lot to support her up to this point but she's able to support him in an area that he's not as skilled with which i love because i mean isn't that a lot of what happens in relationships sometimes when you have skills and your partner doesn't you can kind of take up the slack and where they have the skills that you don't they can take up the slack like that's it's partnership mm-hmm I was so surprised just how easy that deal was. Like, it wasn't even like Demeter. I, we talked about it very briefly. We talked about it briefly earlier, so we can cut this yeah. out again. But, like, just just want to say, like, it's just such an easy thing. Like, Demeter wasn't even like, you can't be with him. She was like, yeah, you can be with him. Just make sure he shows up to the family functions. Come on. Let's go. Even, <laughs> even Persephone was like, she could have asked, or Hades was like, she could have asked for someone with, like, she could have asked for way more and the other party was like, well, don't tell her that. And it's like, I mean, she, yeah, she really could have asked for a whole lot more. Yeah. Like 12 family functions or he has to allow free access to the lower city from the upper city for her. Or I mean, anything he would have done anything, pretty literally much. anything. Like, yeah. So I really got off pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And we get that after she pulls that six family events in, I'm assuming because it's like, you know, with the Hades Persephone myth, she spent six months on in the upper world with her mother and six months in the underworld with Persephone. I'm guessing that's where the six came in, but still. Yeah. Could have been worse. Mm -hmm. Could have been much, much worse. And I was glad that like Hades was just like, okay, I'm going to go on whatever, you know, whatever plan that 
Persephone has agreed with or, or has agreed on, I'm going to go with it. Like he wasn't even, because I was imagining him being upset for whatever deal that she makes, you know, and he's just right on board with it. Doesn't even know what it is, but he's, yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. And he has this really sad moment at the end where she comes back and he's like, it's over first of all. And she tells him that she loves him in a note. I know. Uh, and he thinks that she's not going to stay with him because now she's free. Uh, mm. and they're both like, I love you. I love you. I'm staying in Olympus because you make it worth it. A little bit of a Hallmark Channel movie ending, but I'm okay with it. There's one scene though where Hades takes Persephone to this warehouse full of clothes. She gets measured and they do the pretty woman thing where she yes. up with piles and piles of clothes. Can someone please do this for me? <laughs> I hate shopping so much. Can someone please just measure me? Pick out things that fit. I say yes or no. Somebody else pays for it. And we all live happily ever after. <laughs> I just don't understand so she goes through all of this like picking out all the clothes and stuff and then it's also the end she realizes oh wait I can't pay for it <laughs> like, what do you think is happening <laughs> she's like let me pay for it and Hades is like you have no money <laughs> I love that oh <laughs> uh, yeah I loved that scene mostly because I'm very jealous and I want to be and I was just talking to someone this week about like stitch fix and how they just pick out the clothes for you that's what I need I hate shopping all right so let's talk about our quotes Vicky and I picked the same one she has kindly chosen to allow me to state it so Persephone says to Hades silly me for thinking that you're among the percentage of the human population that doesn't want worship at the altar of the hymen y'all um I have a lot of feelings about hymens most of them detailed in an episode that we did with um Stacy McEwen which which episode oh that was craving kaiba yeah so we talked a lot about hymens in that episode but I love this quote because most of the beliefs about hymens are incorrect and you should educate yourself because it's built more like a scrunchy and not like this barrier that gets burst open. And I love Persephone for making this statement. It's so great. <laughs> and I just, I love the scene too, because they're having like this back and forth and the way yes. she says it, it's just great in the conversation and everything. It was, it's so good. Yeah. What about you? You go. Sure. So I have, this is Persephone's um, narrative. Before being with him, I would have said I'm not into being manhandled, carefully or otherwise. Turns out I just needed the right manhandling me. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yes, baby. Mm -hmm. So that's my quote. My Lanta. <laughs> I didn't remember that being stated, but it made me hot just now. Lord, <laughs> that was good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this book is stupidly hot. <laughs> it's so good. Vicki, what are your final thoughts on this book? I really enjoyed this book. I really liked this version of Hades and Persephone. I, I just, I want to understand the world more um, in this, but I really enjoyed this. So it was yeah. a good recommendation. 
Yes, it was a good recommendation. And I agree. I would like to know where in the like literal world Olympus is located. I loved it though. I really enjoyed it. It was so spicy um, and a very good, very good version of the Hades Persephone retelling. So well done, KT Robert. Thank you for writing this book, I guess. Uh, there's another one coming out, which I think you'll be interested to read too. It's called, is it electric love? Electric idol. Electric. Although I keep wanting, I keep wanting to say electric boogaloo. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, there you go. So, so that, that's that. And that wraps up Neon Gods by Katie Robert. Um, join us next week. We don't know what we're talking about yet. So it's going to be a surprise to all of us, I guess. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Literary Quest. We hope you enjoyed our episode. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found at Literary Quest Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You're also welcome to share your thoughts and ideas with us via email at literaryquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again.